You're listening to the Elevate Podcast, the official podcast of the Coastal LA Singles Ministry, where our focus is reaching up, reaching in, and reaching out. Well, I wanted to start out by categorizing some types of fires that we may go through as Christians, and I'm preaching to the sisters, brothers, listen if you like. Um, But for me, well, the first type of fire I wanted to look at is a wildfire. Now, we have a lot of these in California. They can start out of nowhere. Um, Few of them are by human error. Some are just dry bush, heat, friction, and then fire start, and it's devastating. You can wipe out an entire... uh, landscape with just one wildfire. And my point with this type of wildfire, hopefully the analogy is clear to you, um, is that there can be times in our lives where things come out of nowhere that are uncontrollable, you know, that are devastating to us. Um, It could be a loss, you know, someone passing away. It could be a situation where someone's attacked you or hurt you, a car accident. There are things that cause us to to doubt our faith or to wander or to struggle in our walk with God. And for me, I wanted to share with you kind of a wildfire that hit my life. Um, Back in 2012, I was appointed a women's ministry leader, and it was a dream of mine to go on full-time ministry ever since I was baptized in 1987 when I was two years old. Wait for it, wait for it. Um, and I was, I had always wanted to serve because I just admired men and women of God who served God of their full heart. And I thought ministry is where, where I want to be. And, you know, I was the most unlikely person to be appointed a women's ministry leader. I'd been in sin. I'd not been faithful to God, but God wanted to use me. Isn't that God, you know? So it was a huge victory. So all you women out there, hey, you know, God wants to use you. If he can use me, he can use you. Um, And God appointed me, and I felt like, wow, this is an awesome time. About two months later, my world crashed. In uh, January of 2013, um, many of people from the West Side know about this situation, but um, a lot of things happened in our church that were just, out of control. And for me, it was super painful. I was in ministry. I had a partner that I was co-leading with, all the singles in the coastal region, about 250 singles. And he is on fire for God. We're working together. We're partnering in Christ. And he decides, you know what? My relationship with God is not where it needs to be. I completely respect him for making the decision to step out of ministry. I actually admired that he wanted to put God first over serving. He's one of my best friends. He's awesome. He didn't pass away or anything. But, but he, he just stepped out of ministry as me. And for me at that time, that was a, a blow. The weight that went to my shoulder and the, the pain I felt from not being able to partner with him in that way. Like, we were like, hey, what you doing? Yeah, huh. Like, working for God. And we just, it was great partnership, and it was gone. A week later, my mentor in the face, the couples that appointed me, to women's to that position and who had served in full-time ministry with day in and day out for over three years also stepped out of ministry again I respected their decision they did that to help with their family and to help you know there were some situations that were going on with their children that they need to really focus on so I'm like okay working alongside them and then they're gone and 
Then the third thing that happened is a couple that I live with, they're my best friends, they're Egyptians, <laughs> great couple. Um, they led churches all over the world, particularly in the Middle East, admire them deeply, love them very much. They also stepped out of ministry one week later. So in a period of three weeks, <laughs> my closest partners in the faith <laughs> all were not my partners anymore in the faith. And it was devastating, one, because of the weight of what, you know, came after that, but then because I felt pain for them. So it was a really hard time in my life. Maybe you are going through something like that. Maybe you lost a job or you lost someone who was close to you or you had a hurtful relationship or you lost a hope. Those are things that happen. They're uncontrollable. This situation, this situation was unreal and uncontrollable and it affected me for a whole year and this is what I felt like oh I should probably put the clicker up right (laughs) I went to college um (laughs) and look at that I felt that way the heat but what we can learn through a fire like that in a natural wildfire there's a path of destruction trees are burnt There's soot, there's that burnt smell. The ground, you can't even recognize it as soil anymore. It's blackened. But what can happen after a fire? New growth. The soil kind of gets fertilized from that. I don't know how that happens. It's called ecological succession, those of you who are smart like that. But it can actually provide new growth. And that's what happened for me. And if you're going through something like what I went through, It can happen for you, too. These are some things that I took away from that time, Um, that God is still God. Even when all your partners go away or the person that you want to be close to leaves you or passes away, I mean, God is still God. And in those wildfires, that's a time of forgiveness, particularly if you were attacked. The waters of forgiveness can quench that fire. And it it might be a process. If someone didn't deliberately mean to harm you and they harmed you, I mean, that's out of your control, but you can forgive and that fire can be quenched. You can surrender to him through prayer like Jesus did. I love the story in Matthew 4, 4 through 9, when Jesus was tempted in the desert. He faced those fires one by one. He fought them with God's word. I learned that. I learned that just like Job suffered and he was, he re, he re, was reminded at the end of his life that God worked all those things for his good. I mean, like, that's amazing. And Joseph as well, at the end of his life, he looked at all the painful events that happened, and he said, you know what, God intended this for my good. And the theme scripture for when you go through a wildfire that I want to share with you, sisters, is Romans 8:28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So look for that new growth that's coming. If you're going through a trial, look for that new growth, and God will show you. The second wildfire, or the second fire, (laughs) um, is a a structural fire or a house on fire. Now, this one is not, um, I think this one is not uncontrollable. This one may be caused by human error. Like most house fires are caused because you turn the smoke detector off, go to sleep, leave a pot on the stove. You plug in that dry, dry, dry Christmas tree with like 10 cords (laughs) and lots of lights. You know, you leave that pot of caramel on the stove way too long. (laughs) There's human error and houses on fire. And um, I want to share about a personal structural fire or house on fire that I went through 
Um, here's a little image. Look at that one. That's gotten destroyed. I, I did that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I did that spiritually speaking to myself. Um, but one, one thing that happened in my life is uh, due to a lack of planning and discipline and preparation financially, I've never been good at finances. And when I made a lot of money as an architect, I didn't use it properly. So last year, I went through so many financial worries as a result of a lack of planning. I literally had a financial fire at the end of last year. I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't take care of this. Can't take care of this. I mean, it was just as a result of though my, my own lack of diligence in that area. And another thing that happened that last year is I was sued. How many people have been sued? Okay, that's, that would be me. Okay. Oh, and you. Hey. Sorry, bro. Um, but I never thought I'd be sued, and it was because I allowed someone to use my credit, unbeknownst to me, fully, um, and they charged it up and didn't, didn't pay it off, and then I was sued for the debt. I remember when I got the summons at my door, I was like, oh, my God, I've been sued. How do I deal with this? I didn't, it was a fire. I Sisters can relate. I went into the shower and cried. You ever did that? Yeah, because somehow that was going to help. I'm just being real. Um, <laughs> but financial worries, don't they like, oh, yeah, you can wake up feeling so great, but then after that, I mean, some of you who are really good at it, you, you may not get this, but maybe you do because you're diligent, but I'm not, and I just felt so humbled and so guilty, and it was because of my own negligence and my own lack of being alert that I suffered those things. So what I learned from my house on fire were these things. One, never to put up security for another. <laughs> I should have obeyed that scripture, even though I didn't intend to put up security. It was kind of taken from me. Um, never do that. Or never be unaware of what's going on in your life financially. James 1, listen to and obey God's word always. Just like Jesus did when he had his fire, he fought. But before you can cause a, a big fire in your life, just stay on God's path. You might go through trials and sufferings, but you might not get the fire that you get if you don't listen to God. Um, Romans 13:8, let no debt remain outstanding. And the big clincher scripture for me with this one is 1 Peter 5, 7 through 9, and the first part of it says, be alert and self-controlled. You know, you think you need to be alert to listen to what God wants because your, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking to devour you. He's looking to set your house on fire. He's going in. He goes, don't put that smoke detector on. Leave that pot on the stove. Plug in that Christmas tree. Burn, baby, burn. Like, that's what Satan wants to do to you. And so you've got to be alert and self-controlled. And don't cause fires. Don't let him burn down your house. Um, so the last type of fire I want to share about is a strategic fire. Okay, I kind of made this one up. But I don't know the name for it. Any fire people in the audience? Firemen? Okay, all right. So I, I can be inaccurate, and it's okay. So uh, in, in California, when you have uh, dry grass or bush around your house, you burn it away, and then at, that actually prevents the worst disaster from happening. So it's a, st a strategic burn. You're burning away something that could cause a big fire down the road if you don't take care of it. 
And so my definition of a strategic fire, and spiritually speaking, is fires that can help pre prevent uncontrollable fires. And in my life, how that has played out is sometimes I've had to choose to cut out things that I really love or like or I'm drawn to. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's something I want to have because it's unhealthy and it's not given to me by God. And what I'm doing is I'm burning the brush. Now, I'm not saying, like, cut people out. Just cut that person out. <laughs> Don't love them like Jesus. But I'm saying sometimes there are unhealthy things in your life, particularly in the area of relationships, that we just hold on to and we don't listen to God. We don't listen to what God has to say about it. And we need to have those strategic fires so God can give us what he wants to give us. And for me, um, after being a Christian like some 20 years, um, I was like 25. And, um, sorry, <laughs> I need to stop doing that. It's not good. Um, I, I met this guy who was not a Christian who I intended on. I started out like, hey, I'm just going to invite him to church and, and reach out to him. And we started building an emotional relationship that eventually became impure. But when it was emotional, there were women like you, Christian women, who told me, you know what, you need to kind of cut that relationship. And I was like, oh, you know, he's just a friend. And I was sentimental. I didn't listen to God and his word. And eventually, he was the guy who took my credit. And now I was sued last year. Yikes. Little burn could stop a wildfire, right? <laughs> And you might not see it now in your life, like why God's telling you to cut this out. But God knows. Like God's very wise. He'll have people to, and I really, I'm like, no, he's a great person. He wasn't a great person. <laughs> I was blinded. And so God, God really humbled me. And these are the things that I learned that I want to share with you. Oh, that's a little, I thought that was a strategic fire. Okay, well, <laughs> It's the only one I could find, so I kind of made it up. So in Genesis 39:12, we have the story of Joseph, and he gets tempted or seduced by his master's wife to sleep with him. What does he do? He runs out of there. He leaves his cloak. He's like, I'm out. You know, like we have to cut and run or cut and burn sometimes. And then in Romans 12, 1 through 4, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. It's meant to hold you down. If something's meant to hold you down, cut it. If it's entangling you, let it go. You know, God loves that person. God, lo If it's a relationship, God loves that person. He'll take care of him. You don't have to be involved in that. Like, if it's going to destroy you spiritually. Um, John 15, 2, pruning, although painful, can produce so much more than what is expected. Sometimes we have to burn the chaff to save the wheat. And I love Hebrews 12, 3 through 5. It's a really convicting, powerful, and inspiring scripture. It says at the end of it, In your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. Are you really honoring God by saying, God, I want to do what you want me to do, even if it costs me my blood? Even if it costs me, because I trust in you that much. These are ways that God can walk us through fires in our life, if we really surrender to him and trust in him and hold, hold firmly to his teaching. So I'm going to wrap up now and hand over to the awesome Jay.
by showing you how God can walk with us through the fire. And I love this image. Isn't that cool? Look, he's all geared up. He read all those scriptures that I told you about. He's like, I'm ready. In Romans 8, got this, got the pick, got the hat, got the glasses. You know, but that fire could still take him out. <laughs> but look at this. This is a picture of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In the book of Daniel, the story of these three guys going, they were thrown into the fiery furnace that was so hot, the men who threw them in died. But then they got in and walked around in the fire because they were geared up with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. (laughs) And that's what we got to help us through our fire. So thank you for listening. And I want to... And I want to introduce the amazing Jay Holbert. I serve along with Jay. He's a, a minister in our, the coastal L.A. region. Um, he likes to be called preacher. I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's got a really amazing heart for God. Um, listen to Jay. You'll, you'll hear his joy in his voice. He's amazingly talented. You'll hear him play piano tonight. But when I was practicing this with him, just his convictions are so deep. He's young with our church, but just seasoned by God through his life. So look forward to hearing what you have to say. Well, how do I follow that? Brothers, I hope you heard that. I know she was preaching to the sisters, but I felt like I just had a time with God right, right there. This has been through some fires. Um, you know, I pray, I pray God gives you something you can relate to from this lesson. All of it may not be for you, but I pray there's something that you can take that relates to you. And being a brother, I have a little bit of a different perspective, because I feel like some fires we go through are the same. Some things we go through are different. Um, and, you know, my sinful nature is different in a unique way. And so I want to share with you from the perspective of Jesus, how he dealt with fires and some unique things that you might be facing as brothers. You know, there needs to be a couple of things for fire to be present. You don't need to walk into a wildfire for there to be one. You can start a fire with a water bottle. You can start a fire with your sock. If there's an energy source, if there's oxygen, if there's some friction, if there's some heat, there's so many ways fires can start in your lives And so often we only see the ones that are the big obvious ones. We see the seven deadly sins as our benchmark. But Jesus spoke about the other fires too, the deeper fires. And so I want to talk about um, a couple fires that have been really dear to my heart because I've been going through it. There we go. Desert fire or wilderness fire. How many people have been in a wilderness zone, been in a desert season of their life? Whether you started off when you first became a Christian, whether it's 20 years down the road, we go through seasons of being in the wilderness. And the wilderness is not meant to take us out. God didn't purpose the wilderness to just bring us grief and anxiety and shame and all these things that Sometimes we can feel, but the wilderness actually has a purpose. You know, I learned this the hard way um, 
because last year, 2013, was my toughest year ever as a Christian. Only being a disciple four years, I feel like God has, has, has answered every prayer by giving me more and more deserts. I'm like, for real, God? He didn't answer it the way I wanted, but he did answer. And he does that to us for a reason. So in 2013, I went into a depression and didn't even know it. I went through a zone where uh, God showed me I had some he-motions. People used to say, you know what? They used to say, you know, brothers, Jay, you're like, you know, you don't get emotional. You're so calm. I work in healthcare. I deal with critical care all day. And before you knew it, in 2013, I was an emotional wreck, learning that Jesus really did weep and that it's okay to have feelings. Feelings propel us. They give us motivation. But so often as a man, I can feel insecure about embracing those and dealing with some pains. So I saw a dim light last year. And uh, not not dim light like in the sense of, you know, I think uh, I'm, I'm going to fall away today. Like, today's the day. Not like that. But I felt dim light in the sense where I only had enough faith at times to make it to the next morning. Like, God, I'm just depending on you today. I don't know what tomorrow is going to look like, but I, I need you right now. I was in a desert. I, sold my, I told myself for a year, I'm going to do everything I can to be all I can be for God. I went to the San Antonio conference the year before, and I was on fire, probably like many of you. I just said, God, whatever you want, I'll do. Wherever you want me to go, I'll, I'll do it. So I came back, and God said, fine, we want you to learn about ministry. We want you to serve. We want you to do more. And I said, all right, I'm scared. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'll do it. I mean, this is pretty easy, right? I mean, you give a couple speeches every once in a while. You get, you know the lingo as Christians. You know what to say. You know how to handle the situations. You know all the key scriptures. And you can get in your routine of just knowing what to do. And God was like, you know, this needs to be for real. Because just when you think you figure God out, he changes it up. And so three months later, I was in a ministry. Um, I've been asked to go full-time ministry, and I said, I said, for real, you want me? And they said, yeah, 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 yeah. A month later after that, it seems like the ministry was going through a super refining stage when ministry wasn't the place where, that, I, that I thought. My dream had been altered. And my faith had been tested in a way it never had been before. My closest friends left. The person, the people who raised me up, the people who mentored, who shepherded me, they all left. Uh, I was in a relatively young ministry where we had to defy odds based off of faith. Not from what I could see, but from what I believed was from God. And on top of it, when you're in a fire, some things only come out when you're in that fire. And so God showed me my character, my heart, my sin. That was affecting me. So the questions I would ask myself as I was feeling lonely, angry, bitter, didn't know it, childhood baggage. I said, how do I process failure as a man? I thought God would never let me down now that I'm a disciple, especially. Maybe I should just switch ministries. Anybody ever felt like that? Like just going to the other side is, is the better way out? Well, if I push through it, eventually these feelings will go away. 
These are some of the things I asked myself. It was real. And so I turned to the Bible. I turned to scriptures, and I found out that Jesus can really relate to us. Um, God didn't spare Jesus the experience of fire. In Mark 1.12, it says, The Spirit compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness where he was tempted for Satan for 40 days. And we, we all know the story. But in verse 13, it says, He was out among the wilderness, and angels took care of him. Who knows what happened right before this passage? Jesus was baptized. He had this, there was this great triumph. There was all these great things going on. And as soon as that happened, God the Father sent him into the wilderness where he was tempted, where he was challenged, where he was provoked, where he met Satan himself. And he was in his desert fire. A desert fire, by definition, is, un- is an uncontrolled fire where there's vegetation that occurs in the countryside or wilderness area. And it's a perfect place for God to work in strange ways. And we can see how Jesus dealt with his desert time. He fought. In Matthew 4, 1 through 11, we talked about the way he fought temptation. He fasted. And then the devil came and tempted him with loaves of bread. With, he, te- he tempted him and he said, you know, I'll give you, I'll give you this, this holy city, to the holy city. And he took him there and... You know, Jesus responded so purposefully and so faithfully. At the end, in verse 11, it says, The devil went away and angels came and took care of Jesus. I want to encourage you guys today that whatever you're going through, whether it's a big fire, a small fire, a preventable fire, if you're in a desert zone, God will take care of you. He has not left you. You are not in this alone. No matter how you feel or think at times, God's refining you through your desert time, just like he refined Jesus. Don't be scared of the past. You may have to confront some things that have been in there for years and years and years, and you didn't know it or you didn't want to deal with it then. Don't be scared of the past. For Jesus in his wilderness experience in Mark 1, he says he, it, had, it had wild animals. It had Satan. Hurts, failures, disappointments. You may have to be vulnerable physically and spiritually. If you feel like saying, God, I might fail, God is saying, oh, you need me. Let me be the perfect father for you. The wilderness has been used in other ways. The Jews knew about their wilderness time. We can go to Exodus. And I won't go through all these now, but I'll give you the scriptures. Exodus 15. Um, It was a place of vulnerability. It was a rough terrain in an unknown land with not many provisions. It was a place of testing where all they held on to was the promises of God, says in Deuteronomy 8. It's all they had. And at times, that's what I felt like. All I have, God, is your promises. That's it. If that's all I have, it's enough. So don't be scared of the past. Embrace it. I asked myself, why would God allow us to go through desert times? Matthew 4. It says that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. You're being led somewhere to be tested. A teacher trains you and he tests you. The 
The private years of Jesus are over. He's beginning his public ministry. It was Jesus' turn to take on the mission of Christ. And do you realize that that same wilderness is where God trained, trained him? He trained Israel before. He spoke to his prophets. He prepared his people for works of service. Right in the wilderness. It can be a scary place full of dangers, but if you stay close to God, it may be your transition, the very transition you're praying for, that you're asking God to answer. Here's what my desert looked like where I can only see the next day. Looking for the oasis that wasn't there, but it refined my faith. And just like the angels took care of Jesus, he'll take care of you. I'm going to talk about one more fire. That's an immolation fire. When you set yourself on fire. Can anybody relate to that? You know you shouldn't be doing something. You know it's not the right thing. You know five people who've done it and it hasn't worked out. (laughs) And you do it anyway. You know, this is not new. Many people for centuries have been setting themselves on fire. This has been a common practice for many people for many years in protest, in rebellion. But the Bible also talks about it as sin. And so I want to share with you one example of many ways I've set myself on fire, and that's pity. Feeling sorry for yourself. Why am I here? Seriously, God? Don't you know all the great things I've done? Don't you know I've been faithful, God? Do you still love me? Are you still with me? And you can, you can easily pass it off and, and, and candy coat it and make it under this umbrella of all sorts of stuff. But don't feel sorry for yourself. You're setting yourself on fire, and this is what it looks like. Brother, sometimes you want your ego rubbed or you're lonely. And so you don't, you're, not, you're not in the quote-unquote seven deadly sins, but you're walking so close to that border. And this is what you're doing. You're setting yourself on fire. doesn't always hurt at first. This guy is smiling, but he is literally on fire. And before you know it, he will be dead. I found this. It says seven reasons why self-pity is a sin. You refuse to accept that a trial is a test of faith. It demands that I'm entitled. You feel entitled to something, so you start feeling sorry for yourself. It dulls your compassion for other people. I love this one. It says it's married to grumbling and complaining. You ever, just, you ever just felt in the audience? I've, I've sat in services at times. I just felt critical. Like, God, I don't want to feel this way, but I do. So I'm feeling sorry for myself. I feel like it should be better. Or that somehow I'm entitled to more. Self-pity outs gratitude. It fills your time with useless whining and moaning instead of prayers for help and rescue from God. 
Self-pity will only accept joy that comes from reversal of circumstances instead of joy that comes from the Lord. You set yourself on fire by feeling sorry for yourself. So I want to encourage you, if that's where you're at, don't, don't stay there. This is not a message to, to make you feel down. This is a message to really live the life God wants us to live and repent. These are some scriptures that kept me in my desert times, in the times when I set myself on fire. Job 23.10, but he knows the way that I take, and when he has tested me, I will come forth as gold. Do you believe that, that God wants you to come forth as gold? Psalm 57.1 says, be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me. For my soul trusts in you, and in the shadow of your wings I will take my refuge until these calamities have passed by. We all know in Peter, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even through refined by fire, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. You know, I don't stand before you perfect or completely through this fire or out of the wilderness or I'm talking like five years ago I was in something. This is something I'm in right now. So if you see me, or if you see me out there, it doesn't mean that I'm not going through something. And I know many of you are going through something. But I'm determined to not avoid this fire. And I want to encourage you to not avoid the fire that God's bringing you through. So you can be all that God wants you to be. Amen. You've just listened to the Elevate Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit elevatecoastal.com.